Hello, I'm Katie Brain and you're listening to Goodness Gracious Grief. I just wanted to stop and say thank you to everyone who's been listening so far. I do really hope that some of these conversations that I'm having are providing you with some useful information or helping those of you who are also on their grief journey. We have already looked at topics such as the stages of grief, the taboos surrounding death and what to say when someone has died. Uh, We've also looked at cancer, we've heard stories of those who have lost loved ones tragically and in the last episode we even talked about assisted dying and whether people should have the right to choose when to die. Today I want to look at the importance of will writing but before that I just wanted to mention National Grief Awareness Week. You may remember in my first ever episode I spoke to Linda Magistris from the Good Grief Trust Well, this week they have launched the first ever National Grief Awareness Week. The whole reason for this week is to raise awareness of all aspects of grief and loss on a national scale. The charity they want to normalise grief and get people talking about this uncomfortable subject on a national platform. And by talking, we can all begin to understand how to support those grieving the loss of someone they love. And we can start to have open conversations and normalise grief, which is the whole point of this podcast. So to get involved, use the hashtag Open up to grief, and the National Grief Awareness Week is running from the 2nd to the 8th of December. Now, there is one job that I keep putting off. Well, there's actually a few jobs that I keep putting off, but the one I'm talking about today is writing a will. I guess the main reason is because I don't know to write in it and I don't really want to think of the what ifs or what would happen if I wasn't here but at the same time I wouldn't want someone to have to deal with the burden of dealing with what should we call it my estate if I hadn't already organized it myself and that's because I often think about how different or how much easier things could have been if my dad had had a will. If he had a will, it would have provided some reassurance to me at that difficult time and to have just seen everything in black and white of what he wanted. For me, that would have meant everything because there were so many decisions on the spot that I had to make that I did not have a clue what to do. But the thing is, when someone dies, there are so many formalities and so many decisions to be made. I had never been in this position before, so the whole experience was really overwhelming. So first of all, you have to register the death. There's a story in that, but I'm I'm saving that until I'm brave enough to tell you. And then you need to inform local services, libraries, uh, council tax services, electoral registers, the tax office, DVLA, the UK Passport Agency and HMRC as well. And then on top of all of that, you need to arrange a funeral and you also need to pay for a funeral. 
And all this is happening and going on whilst you're having to cope with your own emotional reaction to death. When someone dies, you become aware of all the assets. That's everything that person owned. Property, savings, possessions, and even debt. The biggest asset in my situation was a house. There were a lot, a lot of possessions, but there was also a lot of debt. But because there was no will, everything became a little bit more complicated. And this meant that the law decides who inherits that estate. And there was this whole process of, you know, having to obtain a grant of probate just to get everything started and for me to be able to sell the house and pay off some debts. So to explain the process of will writing to me in more detail, I decided to speak to Jennifer Garner of the legal firm Neves. And I started by asking her, what do we call it when someone dies without making a will? So when someone dies without making a will, they die what's called intestate. um, And then their estate passes under what are called the intestacy rules, which are set out in law. With the intestacy rules, it depends on whether you're married or if you're in a civil partnership or not. So if you are married or in a civil partnership and your estate is worth less than £250,000, your spouse will inherit your entire estate, regardless of whether you have children or not. And this includes children from previous marriages. If you and your spouse die at the same time, the law states that the older of you is deemed to have died first, meaning the older spouse assets would pass to the younger spouse's estate before passing to the younger spouse's relatives under the intestacy rules. And then if your estate is worth more than £250,000 and you have children living at the date of your death, the estate is split so that your spouse receives the first £250,000 and the remaining estate is divided into two. So your children would receive one half equally if there's more than one child and the remaining half would just go also the surviving spouse. If you have a partner but are not married or in a civil partnership, the intestacy rules would not recognise you or your relationship and your partner will not have an automatic right to inherit anything from the estate. So this applies even if you're living together. Um, The only um, difference there is if you owned a property together in which you own it as what's called joint tenants, um, which means that the share of your house would automatically pass to them. But anything else that you have wouldn't pass to somebody that you're not married to. So for my dad, when he passed away, he wasn't married and I was his next of kin. So obviously <laughs> I was the one that, that was dealing with everything. Um, but my, my dad didn't write a will. But I just wanted to know, is it, is it common for people not to write wills? And, and kind of what is stopping them? Um, It is actually quite common for people not to write wills. Um, I think there's some stats out there that say about 5 million adults don't even know where to begin when it comes to writing a will, and about 54% of adults don't have a will, and then 6 in 10 parents do not have a will or one that is out of date. So. It may well be that, you know, people, there's a, there's a fear of when you write your will. I see this quite a bit that they, people think that once they write their will, they're going to die. And there's the fear of speaking about death because death is still a sort of a taboo subject. So people don't like talking about it and then don't like having to deal with things when they're going to die. And then some people just assume that everything's going to be right when they've died and everything's just going to go to whoever they want it to, even if they haven't written it down. What kind of problems can not having a will cause a family that are grieving, what issues can arise from that? 
So if you don't have a will, um, it may well be that the people that um, you want to inherit aren't going to inherit, and um, the people that are left behind, they don't necessarily have the authority to deal with the estate. So if you're unmarried and then there's um, you're living with someone, that person has no right to deal with any of your assets after you've died, and they don't have any authority. It would be then for the next of kin to do, whoever that may be. And it could be children, but it could be you know, a cousin somewhere if there aren't that many relatives around. Um, it could also be that if you have left children and they're under the age of 18 in the will, you, you know, you can appoint guardians in your will. So if you haven't put that in there, then there could be some confusion about who's supposed to be looking after the children when um, you've passed away. And um, there's other issues, particularly if your estate is taxable, because sometimes there's inheritance tax to pay on someone's estate. And if you don't have a will, it, that could have been avoided if you did have a will of where you could leave your leave your assets. For me, I, I haven't written a will, I'll be completely <laughs> honest, but I I don't think I'm ready to write one yet. And the reason I'm saying that is because I recently uh, purchased a house and I had this moment when I was sitting in an office and they started asking me about life insurance and I don't know what it was, but it caught me completely off guard and I was in floods of tears thinking about oh. life insurance. And it's so embarrassing thinking about it now. And my other half was looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? What is wrong with you? But I just <laughs> had this really emotional moment. And I think it's because my dad didn't have any life insurance either. I see. Um, so I was obviously left with this whole mess. And just that, that little instant just brought it all back to me. And it was too yeah. much to cope with. So I haven't written a will yet. But should, you know, someone like me who has a small inheritance be writing a will or is it, you know, an elderly family member who should be writing one? So you said there that you own a property and you have another house. May I ask, are you married to your I'm half? not married. That's no, another so... subject that we won't talk about right now. No. But... <laughs> But then it, I'd say it's even more important for you to make a will, particularly if you're unmarried and you own a property. So when there's big life events, um, in you know that happen that's when you should think about making a will so if you buy a property or if you get married or if you have children or if you get divorced they're all big events the way you think you have to make a will so say with your property you want to make sure that your other half's protected or if he's going to have the property if you wanted any of your um, because that's your main asset if you wanted that to go somewhere else to your other family you have those sort of things to think about and if um, you don't have a will, it may not then go to your partner. It may then end up going to your family if you did want it to go to your partner. What does writing a will involve? Does someone come to you? Do they do you just sit in front of you and say, this is who I want to give everything to? How does yeah. it actually work? What is the process? So it can be it's completely up to um, the person, really, how you'd want to do it. So here at um, needs listers, we have will questionnaire forms that we can sometimes send out to people and they ask um, you all details about yourselves and then about your assets, how much you think um, you have and where you'd like everything to go, who you'd like to deal with your estate and funeral wishes and all things like that and you could complete that form, send it back in and then we can prepare wills from those and eventually we ask you to come in so we can meet you and know who you are but then we can go through the wills together and get them signed but sometimes some people don't like filling in forms, they would prefer to have a personal meeting with somebody so that's when you can just come in, make an appointment and then we discuss all of those things together and then once I have those instructions. I then prepare a draft will after about a week or so it will get sent out. And then once you're happy with the will, you come back in, sign it, and then 
that's it. It's all done. Do you ever get people being emotional in front of you when they're writing their wills? They do, yes. You know, particularly if there's difficult family situations um, that they're having to deal with, or, you know, if they're, you know, or they're not sure where to leave it or what they're supposed to be doing. And sometimes people get emotional just thinking about the fact that they, you know, they might die. And sometimes people come in when they, they when they are dying, and that's that's what they've left it until you know that very last point and then they're, they're they're making the will then and they do they get emotional and it is it's you, you see it quite often how do you think you can break that barrier of you know people just l- literally relating wills to death is, is there any way around that or is there anything you say to people to kind of ease them into the process I mean what I often say to people when they come in to see me because a lot of people they don't like thinking about it and sometimes I have to ask difficult questions as well um for example that I have a lot of the time if I do have young young families coming in to see me or a young couple who have young children one of the questions I often ask is what would you want to happen in the event of a catastrophic incident and the whole family dying together which is just an awful thing to think about but then in that instance that's when the intestacy rules come in and it may well be again that you know that you, their estate isn't going to go whether you want it to go so I often say to people once you've thought about it and once it's done and once it's signed that's it you don't have to think about it again unless or until another big life event happens and then, you know, that's it. So once it's done, you're protected, you're fine. And then don't think about it again. And it, it is horrible, obviously, having to have that conversation. But again, if it was to happen, you would have wished that you had planned for that moment. I mean, even things like like planning a funeral, I guess. If you don't know someone's wishes, and I didn't, I didn't have a clue, that was such a hard task when it was left to me. So if in your will you're saying, this is what I want, this is how I want it done, and here's X money for you, you and you... Doesn't that take a whole burden off the family? It does, and that's it. And I often say to people, because that's another reason to make a will, it's to have your funeral wishes in there. And you can can detail as much or as little as you want in there, because some people will have strong views about being buried or cremated. And some people put in there what songs they want or what hymns they want. Um, I've had a funeral plan in a will that took up about three pages before and I've had one that just is a sentence and some people don't include anything at all but you put those wishes in there and it means that your family aren't left guessing or wondering what to do and if they're doing it right or wrong and it's a time when they're grieving and it's quite overwhelming. And am I right in saying that you've been waiving your fee for will writing for the past couple of weeks? Why have you been doing that? That's right so I've been waiving my fee for the since um, mid-November and it's a campaign in association with Age Concern Luton, um, a charity. And what I'm doing, I'm waiving my fee completely and offering wills to the public um, in exchange for a donation to Age Concern. So I can prepare a simple will for someone or a pair of mirror wills where a couple have the same um, will each. And I'll prepare it completely for free. I don't charge them a thing. And then I invite them to make a donation to Age Concern if they want to. They're under no obligation to at all, so you don't have to make a donation at all. Um, But it then just means that it's putting it out there for people to make a will. And I've had people come in who say, you know, I haven't thought about this before, and it's now made me think I need to make a will, and it's the perfect time to do it. And then that's why I'm doing it, and it gets people to think about it. And then it gives some money to the charity as well. And Jennifer, how did you get into this job and you know how can people find out more about you and contact you if they are interested in writing a will so I've been a solicitor for six years I've been working in the law for 12 years um it's a very long hard 
process of training to do, but if you wanted to contact me, I currently work at Neves in Luton, um, and you can find all my details on our website, which is nevesllp.co.uk, or you can give me a call on 01582725311, and I can go through the whole process with you. That was Jennifer Garner, Luton-based solicitor at legal firm Neves. If there are any topics at all that you want discussed, then please just get in touch. You can find me on Twitter at GriefGracious. Yeah, I couldn't fit the whole name in there. Sorry about that. But until the next episode, I'm Katie Brain, and you've been listening to Goodness Gracious Grief.